You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good Wednesday morning. It's Stephanie Stuckey with the Stuckey Hour, and we're talking about fun road trips, attractions you may see on the way, road trip snacks, souvenirs, kitschy, fun things that you can find at Stucky stores as you travel across this great country of ours. And this week, we've got a fun show. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite road trip toys, the Wooly Willy, the magnetic toy that a lot of you probably remember as kids. And shoot, I still have one as an adult. We're going to be talking about Moon Pie. And who can talk about Moon Pie without talking about RC Cola? And then one of my favorite all-time attractions in Florida, Wiki So with that, I'm going to kick it off by introducing our guest, who is a good friend of mine, and she's my longtime road trip companion, Holly Aguirre. Holly, are you on? Good morning. I am here. All right. So uh, Holly told me she... Uh, has not had her coffee yet, so there might be a little bit of snarkiness this morning, which is good because, you know, I've got I've got some peppy attitude. I'm on my third cup of coffee, so a little snark might balance things out. <laughs> well, you know, I always have a little dose of snark in my coffee every morning. So Perfect. Yeah. I, I'm ready to go, and uh, don't forget that I am also a travel channel contributor. Oh, yeah. Holly, give some of your background. I mean, I know you so well. We were, full disclosure, we were college roommates, but we have taken a lot of road trips together. We took road trips even before Thelma and Louise, and when that movie came out, everyone compared us to the characters in the movie because we were always road tripping. But tell tell our listeners your background, and especially related to travel and roadside fun. Well... Thank you for that, Stephanie. I, uh, yes, am a journalist and am currently a contributor to Vanity Fair magazine and also write about travel and especially travel hacks, great things that you can do on the road that make your journey a little easier. I am, when I road trip with Stephanie, I'm usually the driver. Yes, yes, you are. I don't like to drive. Yeah, so I will be the driver. It's fine. Uh, it works well for us. And um, Stephanie is usually um, looking out the window, um, playing her wooly wooly. <laughs> no, um, I'm the one who's always, pull over here, pull over here. Exactly. It takes a lot There's of patience to road trip with a Stucky because I literally want to pull over at every single exit. And if it has something like a petting zoo or fireworks or fresh anything, peaches, pecans, whatever may be in season, I definitely want to take a stop and not only buy stuff, but take lots of photos. Well, the great thing, Stephanie, when we took our big road trip and in in past road trips and in recent road trips, you always talk about going on the blue highways as opposed to staying on the main freeways. And that is such a great tip. Yes. To tell America to get off the big major freeways when you take the, the blue highways and Stephanie explain why they're called blue highways. Oh, my gosh. I've, I'm trying to remember. Isn't it because those early maps... 
the back roads were blue, and I, I know there was also the William Least Heat Moon book. We could have a mm-hmm. show just about our favorite travel books because there are some amazing ones, and I consume travel books, and not just your typical sort of road guides that are telling you about the different places you can stop. I like fiction and nonfiction, long-form mm-hmm. narrative that talks about taking road trips like Jack Kerouac on the road and William Least Heat Moon who wrote Blue Highways. Travels with Charlie. Travels with Charlie, John Steinbeck, who also coined the term the mother road for Route 66. So Steinbeck is not always known as a travel author, and I think Travels with Charlie is maybe one of his lesser-known novels, but it's probably my favorite Steinbeck. Although Grapes of Wrath is pretty awesome. So Grapes of Wrath is when he coins the mother road comes from Grapes of Wrath. Uh, What's interesting is, is you were talking about what I've done in the past and started out as a rock journalist and I was just thinking, you know, it would be really interesting if rock stars wrote travel pieces. I don't know why they don't. Um, Of course, the situation that we're in right now, they're not traveling, um, but we are. And um, I think that one thing that we can eventually get to talk to is is about safety on the road and how to travel during a pandemic and and give tips for that. Um, You know, it's so interesting. Um, Sorry to interrupt. This is like how we talk on road trips. It is. Road trips and musicians really go together like moon pies and RC cola. Right. And recently just seriously in the past week two weeks and i can't say their names i hope i can very soon but i've had two well-known musicians that i have interacted with on road trips and their interest in maybe some sort of partnership with stuckies to talk about the places they like to stop and i don't know why it did not occur to me earlier it's just sort of happenstance how i got hooked up with both of these uh, musicians, it was through mutual contacts, and they both said the same thing you did. Musicians are on the road. You you need to totally connect with them. And the interesting thing, I always, of course, I love Stuckies, and it's my family's business. But I'm always amazed when people who are famous tell me they know about Stuckies. And every now and then, I don't meet a lot of famous people, but it was really heartwarming to hear these musicians say oh yeah we love Stuckies we always stop at Stuckies so it's kind of cool they really do go together Uh, the other the other group that surprised me and I should have figured it out sooner and maybe we can have someone as a guest one day on the show are motorcyclists they're always taking the back roads they mm-hmm. they know the back roads inside and out, and they like to stay at motels, motor inns, mm-hmm. because they can keep an eye on their motorcycles when they spend the night, and they don't they don't want to be in a big hotel that's a high rise where they're they're far away from being able to make sure that their motorcycle is safe and not being stolen. So it, exactly, yeah. and the and the two points about that as well are consistency. People like to know that you're going to be able to stop somewhere, get something delicious, find a clean bathroom, and and, and maybe even find something that re- reminds them of home. 
And yes. that's what musicians look for. They're, yep. When they're on the road like that, they're looking for something that reminds them of home, something familiar, and it may, you know, you see the movie Almost Famous and you think it's, you know, sexy and fun, and it can be a lonely place for those guys. And um, motorcyclists, yes, uh, of course I was, <laughs> that's interesting, I was the executive editor of Rob Report magazine, and I wrote about that very thing of uh, motorcyclists going off the, you know, main roads. Of course, the main roads, too, the, the freeways are much more dangerous for them, yes. too. Oh, yeah. Um, so the blue highways are much more scenic. It's where you're going to get to see the great fall foliage. Um, Wonderful restaurants, I'm, diners. Sure, the mom and pop. Yes. That, that keep, keep America going. And that's the great thing about Stucky. You're an OG mom and pop. Yeah, we really are, and especially now we are very much a comeback brand. I think most of our listeners probably know Stucky's fell out of family hands for decades, and so I consider myself so very fortunate to have this opportunity to bring back my family's brand. So many of these original, what I consider iconic roadside stops, they may still be around, but some of them are not, like Howard Johnson's restaurants are gone but the, right. a lot of them are no longer in their original form. Holiday Inn was bought out. The original founder, his name was Clemens Wilson. We were just talking about this. He used to have dog kennels in all of the Holiday right. Inns. It was a dog-friendly stop. Right. And they had those beautiful marquee signs that I'm sure so many of us remember because Clemens Wilson got sure. his start in the movie business. He ran theaters. Yeah, and like his very first job was like selling popcorn at a movie theater. And he had a particularly bad road trip experience with his wife and I think he had four kids. It may have been five. He had he had kids and they were all young and they pulled over at a roadside motel. And back then it was all motels. Nothing was luxury on the on the roads. And it was a terrible experience. The rooms were ugly and the there was no ice he was really upset that there was no ice and so he came back from that vacation and he told his wife i'm going to build a hotel and not just a hotel i'm going to build a hotel chain and she kind of laughed at him and it's like yeah right and sure enough he did and he started the ice so now that's a mainstay every hotel has ice machines and he built that chain from nothing and those signs were iconic. And then, fast forward, Holiday Inn got bought out by IHG, which is a, a Atlanta-based company. So I, I don't want to right. totally diss our our hometown. We're in Atlanta. We're taping this in Atlanta. But IHG rebranded. I do not like the new signs. And they did away with the old signs. No, that's... They're completely that, and gone. that is something that... I don't understand why companies don't t- tap into that the nostalgia factor yes. and that kitsch. And that's one thing. That's the great thing about Stuckey's. And yeah. we would we as a kid, I would road trip with my family, of course, and we would go to Holiday Inns and Stuckey's. Yes, the best. And, and, and Hojo's. I mean, I how many Howard Johnsons did you pull over and you had to drink that Hojo Cola, which. I never liked, 
they they didn't have Coca Colas, they didn't have Pepsi. You had to drink the Ho- Hojo Cola, and I hated you it. And now I miss it. Up. You're making that up. I've never heard of Hojo Cola. Yeah, cola, Hojo Cola. <laughs> you could not drink any soda at Howard Johnson's except the Hojo Cola, and of course you had to order the fried clams and the orange sherbet. <laughs> And it's gone. It's gone. It's You Wait, cannot okay. get that anymore. It breaks my heart. There is a Howard Johnson's hotel chain still, and that's owned by Wyndham. It's a big corporation. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, wait, did the Hojo Cola, did it come out of the fountain? Yes. Yeah. It was old I, school. I, I vaguely remember that. But I remember getting hot chocolate there. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what I remember. And remember hot the weather chocolate. vane? It was the best. It was, oh, I, I, I don't. I yeah. don't remember. It was Simple thing. Simon and the Pie Man. I Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. We need to do a road trip trivia contest, and I think already I'm, I'm hey. winning. I'm just saying I'm winning. Oh, we got one minute Wait. till break. I'm getting, like, the warning sign, and we haven't even talked about Wooly Willy. So we gotta no. be we got to be ready to talk yes. about our prepared topics. And I will talk about, um, mag- by magnets are great uh, road trip souvenirs. Yes. Okay, so Wooly Willie does have magnets as yes. a critical component. In fact, it started in a magnet factory. Well, a toy factory that specialized in magnets. So with that teaser, we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, and I'm here. This is Stephanie Stuckey, and I'm here with my co-host today, Holly Aguirre. Say hey, Holly. Good morning, morning, Stephanie. (laughs) 
So we're going to talk about our one of my favorite road trip toys, which is the Wooly Willy. And I have a great quote I'll kick it off with, and it's, okay. it's the hardest thing in the world to take the mundane and try to show how special it is. And I think that applies to the Wooly Willy. It's really so simple. It's just a bald guy's face and some magnetic flakes. That's it. And right. yet it is one of America's most iconic toys. It was named by Toy Magazine. is one of the top 100 all-time best toys. And it's so simple. Well, so I had one. And yep. I grew up in a family of artists. And so they would always have these great designs on their willies. And, you know, mine just had a mustache or, you know, big sideburns or something like that. Uh, but it was it's a great road toy because the magnets are contained. Right. You can't lose anything. Um well, you can lose the part that moves around the little the wand. You could use, right. you could lose the little magnetic wand, and so that meant you just have to buy another one. For right now, I think today they retail for like three bucks. So it's still such an affordable toy. They started out selling at twenty nine cents, by the way, but that was back wow. in nineteen fifty five. Oh, when you drew oh. yours, so I would always give mine uh, hair coming out of the ears. <laughs> I never did that. Never thought of that. Either. Yeah. <laughs> no. Funny. Um, you could yeah. give them an eye patch. You could you could do all sorts of fun stuff. Right. Remember um, when they put him in jail? Yes. In fact, well, I have the wanted poster one. So I actually have two here at the studio. You know, I had one to share with you. So next time I see you, I'm going to have to bring you one of these, and we can maybe have a contest. Now, this one has a um, this one has a price tag on the back, two fifty three, and I got it at Richard's Variety Store. Shout out to one of my favorite. It's not just a toy store; it just has a bit of everything, and it's in Atlanta. It's called Richard's Variety. It's it's an institution. And by the way, Richard's Variety carries some Stuckey's products. They sell pecan log rolls now. Oh, wonderful! It's one of our new accounts. So, shout out to one of our accounts. So, the origins of Willy Willy, nineteen fifty five, in Smithport, Pennsylvania, which is only one point seven square miles, but this little tiny town packs a wallop of history. Not only is it the home of the Wooly Willy, but it is the home of the first dedicated Christmas store in America. Really? Yeah, I don't know if that's really something I would have as a claim to fame. I was. Are you a fan of those Christmas stores? You know, year round, you can. No. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Smithport, Pennsylvania. I really no, don't I like mean, those. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They're kind of weird, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but you know. It's the kind of place that my grandmother loved. And, oh, it was also the coldest town in Pennsylvania, so maybe that's what gave them the inspiration to be Christmas year-round. They probably had snow like nine months out of the year. An interesting um, invention at Smithport, not only Wooly Willy, but the first automated bowling pin setter came from Smithport. that I can get on board with. Right? I love that. Like... Some of these little towns that you would otherwise miss. Hey, it is home to the first automated bowling pin setter, and I really hope there's a historical marker noting that because that's that's really cool. In the shape of a bowling pin. In the shape of a bowling pin. Yeah, they should sure. they should have a souvenir shop, and they should have the first bowling center. I'm just saying. Uh, 
you know, there is something to, to be said for the, the old school setters, the guys yes. running around back there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, I'm I seeing, it was in a movie. It was in, it was in some movie and they did, of course, an aerial shot of the guys running around. Oh, you know what it was? It was with Sean it Penn was, and Elizabeth McGovern. Yes. Yes. And it was their, Racing the moon. Racing the moon. Oh my gosh. And we're talking about moon pies. So it's all coming together. There you yep. go. That was, and he was a, he was the bowling pin setter. That's, I, yes. Oh, that was a great movie. Okay. So wow. I digress. Yeah. Let's go back to Wooly Willy. So its inventor was a man named James Reese Herzog and his brother Don. And their dad ran a toy store and a toy company, Smithport Specialty Company. And this is an aside, but James Herzog has a fine head of hair. The guy is not bald. I, it would it would be kind of fun if he if he was bald. But no, big thick head of hair. So his are, dad. Are you sure, it wasn't a toupee. Or oh, it was a, a magnetic toupee. It could have been. <laughs> yes. So the store, the specialty store, made magnet sets. As toys. So, you know, all those magnetic toys that kids have. So, his dad did mostly those flat horseshoe shaped magnets that are red and silver. So, that's what his dad's company made. And he was working in the factory and he was flattening the magnets across a grinder and he was mm-hmm. looking at the magnetic dust just piling up. And he started playing with it with one of the magnets. And that's where he got the idea of using a little wand to create a variety of beards, mustaches, and hairstyles. I love it. Right? It's the, the first upcycled, because that probably they probably just threw all that stuff away in the past. Yeah, it's a sustainable toy, too. It's right. got an environmental message. Reusing. Okay, I have a great tiny magnet story. Here, do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay, so when I was little, little... My first trip that I really remember, it was not on the road. It was on a, in a plane. Um, my very first plane trip that I remember. And, of course, my father was a pilot. And so I distinctly remember flying across the country, going to Los Angeles to visit my dad's family, Atlanta to Los Angeles. So my grandmother gave me, it came in a little box, um, Little magnets. Do you remember that? The little tiny square magnets. And yes. Mm-hmm. You could mold them and make them into different little shapes. Yes. Little designs. Um, yes. So my grandmother gave me that right before the trip to keep me occupied on yes. the plane. I, I think I was I was four or five. So here I am with my little magnet and. Uh, the the plane was over sold or something and since my dad was a pilot they let him ride in the cockpit this is like really old school travel days so my mother falls asleep for a few minutes and then she turns and looks at me and she says where are your magnets I ate them I ate all of them oh gosh you know that's why the the woolly willy says age is three and up but it sounds like you were over three yeah that's not good no, I ate them. <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> so I think that accounts for my magnetic personality. Oh. oh. 
Okay, so all right, back to Wooly Willy. All right, I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to tell a story here. You should meet him. I should meet what? No, you couldn't eat him. You couldn't eat him. No, because they so there was this technology that they used to seal the magnetic flakes on the on the board on the pitcher. Ah, so they went to okay. a local artist and he drew the woolly willy and then just so people I guess some people are not as creative as as we are and your your family is there are little thumbnail sketches along the side of some ideas. So mm-hmm. if if you're if you're lacking oh, right. in some creative design concepts they have suggestions. They have some helpful suggestions. So the original artist came up with this design and then he signed his name on the back. So mm-hmm. I wish I, I checked the one that I have says the original Wooly Willy, but I do not see the artist's signature. So it's kinda sad that over the years they have done away with the artist's signature because the the Wooly Willy is still the same. His basic yeah, image has exactly not changed, the so they, they should have kept the signature. And so I think I'm going to reach out to the, the manufacturer and let them know that. So The, the Willy Willy that they put in jail, yeah, he, that disturbed me as, yeah. as a little kid. Yeah, that's, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, they, yeah this spawned like a whole series, and that I do not think was done by the official Willy Willy company, which was... It remained the the it remained in the family. It remained the Smithport Specialty Company for decades, but I guess they didn't have a good trademark lawyer because there were all these spinoffs from competitors. There was Mister Doodleface, Hairdo Harriet, Babyface, Hairless Hugo, and then they had like this whole line of scary ones: Thurston Blood, mm-hmm. Eaten Brains, Been Tombed. I haven't seen any of those. The one I would really love to get, and I'm sure I can buy one online, is the Wooly Billy, which is a tribute to Bill Murray. And he has a little beanie cap in one of them. Oh. Yeah. Like Steve Zazoo? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. I mean, Bill Murray is ubiquitous, right? Like, he has this reputation, which I think is deserved, of just showing up at random places. And so it's so perfect that Bill Murray would show up at a random Wooly Willy board. So you well, can, I don't know where you can find them, maybe just online, but if I were to put any famous person on a Wooly Willy, it, it would be Will, Bill Murray, right? Yeah, you could make a, a, a Carl the Gardener, of course, and give him the five o'clock shadow. Yeah, you know, it might be fun to come up with some famous ball people. Uh, Mr. T, a Mr. T Wooly Willy would be a good one. Oh, that would, that would be a really good one. How about a Gorbachev? Gorbachev, yeah, you could cover up a <laughs> scar if you wanted to, or you could create a scar. Maybe it doesn't come with a scar. He could, right? You'd have that <laughs> option. And Obama, you know, Obama's kind of losing some of his hair. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. Okay, Bruce Willis. Um, Ving Rhames. There. Ving Rhames. <laughs> okay. Oh, we only have a minute left. Okay, so let me like fast forward. So. His brother, Donald, so back to James Herzog, who invented this. His brother, Donald, he came up with this idea, told his brother. His brother was enthusiastic, and he's like, oh, the military has this new vacuum-forming technology that they use to make 3D plastic maps. So that same technology that the military was using was used on Willy Willy. 
And so well, we have to fast forward. I, I want to make sure we get to this story, which is is so inspiring. He goes out and tries to sell the Wooly Wooly, right? And mm-hmm. he's how lucky is he? His dad runs a toy company. So he produces some of these prototypes, and he starts trying to sell them. And I'm told I have to go to break. So when I come back, I will tell the story of the initial failure and then incredible success of the Wooly Wooly. come back. Yeah, so stay tuned. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. This is Jim Davis with Operation Santa. Each year, we purchase Christmas gifts for all of the children of all Georgia servicemen and women who are deployed overseas during the holidays. Our annual fundraising event, the Freedom Fighters Open Golf Tournament, is being held on Friday, November 6th at the Bridge Mill Golf Club in Canton, Georgia. I would like to personally invite you to join us in raising money to support Georgia's troops and their families. For more information and to register a team, go to OperationSanta.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. And I know everyone is just waiting with bated breath to find out about the initial launch of the Wooly Wooly, which did not go so well. I'm ready. You ready? I know what happened. So so our, our hero who invented the Wooly Wooly, James Herzog, he creates the prototype and he's selling them for 29 cents each. And he goes to G.C. Murphy Dime Store. Did you? I, we had one of those where I grew up. I, I actually am from a small town in middle Georgia, but I, I grew up in D.C. because my dad was in Congress. And I remember we had a G.C. Murphy. I remember visiting that. D- did you ever see those? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Old time. Dime stores. Yeah, and Woolworth. So Woolworth sure, later Woolworth. enters the picture. But G.C. Murphy, yeah. go, Herzog goes to G.C. Murphy and the owner said this is the worst toy he had ever seen and to prove his case the owner said i'll tell you what i'll buy a box which was was 72 units to prove that this will not sell so he does and two days later the owner of gc that gc murphy called herzog and said i want to place an order for twelve thousand woolly willies wow two days later and bam a hit was born it became a baby boomer mainstay everyone wanted them and then Woolworth started distributing them so that Woolworth back in the day was like getting Walmart to distribute your product sure so he he took off and then there that's when it spawned all of these imitators that were not the same the doodle face and the hairdo net and the baby face, right. all those others right. came along. And the Schmet, the Smethport Specialty Company started selling a million a year. Oh, my goodness. And to this day, 
And think about how long that's been. This was 1955 when this toy was born. It is still selling a million. Well, it sales to this day exceed a million annually. So how wow. impressive is that? The product has not changed since its original form. It's not high tech. It. It's it's pretty much the basic that they've that, always that made. Speaks, yeah, that speaks to everything that we're talking about. That let's keep the holiday in sign. Yes. Stop in Tuckies because th- there's a reason why it was successful and yes. beautiful and, and amazing. And to keep, keep it the same. Yeah. And, you know, I, I whatever you keep saying, uh, it, Herzog's. I just keep thinking of Warner Herzog, but <laughs> completely <filter>. not related. <laughs> so <laughs> not all the learn? listeners will know Warner Herzog. So if you can, if you can uh, enlighten them with the movie reference, he is a film a German film director, and he directed a, a film called Aguirre: The Wrath of God. There you go. It was it yeah, was after you. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it is. It, it is a descendant. Believe it or not. Um, I believe and it. As my as my father once said, he said, uh, you know, we're not too proud of this guy. Um, <laughs> it, it was Lope de Aguirre. He tried to conquer Spain. He was sort of a madman. And um, Werner and Herzog also directed uh, Grizzly Man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, kind of not a great ending, but it's a good movie. Right. His films don't end well, generally. Uh, Yeah, if you're um, looking for a happy film, not Herzog, Warner Herzog, which is very different from James Reese Herzog, inventor of the Wooly Willy, because it's just a happy-looking man with funny hair. And right. to this day, 75 million Wooly Willies have sold to date. Made wow. a lot of people happy. Unlike Warner Willy. Herzog, who who just is, is a bit of a downer, but a good I was, director. I was uh, imagining Christmas morning at the Herzog family. <laughs> you know, it's like, why do you give me another Willy Willy? No. <laughs> I don't want another one. It would That's be too funny if they were related, right? Hey, they could be. Well, it's like Jimmy Buffett and Warren Buffett are distant cousins. I did not know that. See, gosh, we are just covering so many random, maybe somewhat useless topics, but you never know when this information might come in handy. You see, this is this is testament why you get your best friend and you get in a car, you put down the devices and just, you know, freeform and go for it. It's also why you get your best friend up early in the morning to talk on live radio with you. Right. Exactly. Sure. Uh, I know. You keep trying to steer me back. Yes. Yeah, wait. No. Stay on top of college. We got to go on another road trip soon. But we just got back from one. We did. In July. It was a little mini one. It was a mini road trip. A big grand one again. But that's the great thing um, about road trips. The other day I had... Just a free day. I was down visiting my parents on the Georgia coast. And I realized I'd never road tripped in their area. And I went on a road trip guide. I have a lot of road trip guides that I use. One of my favorites, I'll give a shout out, and I'm not even paid to sponsor them. So this is authentic. Roadside America. And they have an app. And you can plug in wherever you are. And they will tell you 
within a certain radius, and you can plug in which areas you want to look in. They'll say what fun roadside attractions are where are near you, and turns out oh, wow. Brunswick, Georgia, where I was. I was staying on Sea Island, Georgia, so right there. Brunswick, Georgia has a couple of terrific roadside attractions. My favorite was the original Brunswick Stew pot. So Brunswick Stew, according to people from Brunswick, Georgia, was invented in Brunswick, Georgia. But there's this whole stew smackdown going on because there's a county in Virginia, Brunswick County, that lays claim to the original Brunswick Stew as well. And so these two areas have been feuding for decades about well over a hundred years who really and started the feud is fought with spoons with spoons <laughs> yes i'd love to see like an actual like slinging stew at each other with spoons battle that would be so much fun but even in brunswick georgia there's a little stew between the best stew pot or which was the original stew pot so there are two original Brunswick stew pots in Brunswick, Georgia. Wait, wait. Now say that again. Yeah, so there are two... the word stew as a, a, a verb and... <laughs> right? A it's, noun. it's just too much for saying the morning. So the pot <laughs> in which the first Brunswick right. stew was purportedly made, okay. there are two pots claiming that title. And oh, one okay. is in a park right on the port of Brunswick at the, the right. and there's just this little display and it says the original Brunswick stew pot and then the other you go to a rest stop it's just one of the rest stops operated by the Georgia Department of Transportation and you pull over and it was a high school uh, Eagle Scout project this high school student did this Brunswick stew pot Display and it also has a very nice looking marker, and it was his Eagle Scout project. And so there are two pots that claim to be the first. One has a date on it, and the other doesn't. Interesting. Yeah, because huh. you know the other. You know, and so the high the the Eagle Scout project, the the one that's at the rest stop, does not have a date. And that could have just settled the controversy right there. You could have just put the date down. But that is so worth pulling over. And when I went to this rest stop, I was asking around. The rest stop was packed. I said, where's the stew pot? And everyone just looks at me like I'm crazy. And then I find it, and I'm getting people to take my photo. And I'm like, hey, do y'all realize this is the original Brunswick stew pot? And nobody was interested. I was crushed. (laughs) Like, who wouldn't be interested in the original Brunswick stew pot? I think that that happens often to the, the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love pulling over for stuff like that. Sure. Well, and it, it makes for the best stories. And ultimately, when you or I are at a cocktail party, we're the most interesting people in That's the world. That's right. Because we can pull out our great Brunswick pot. Story, or and we've slept in a teepee. Or. We did sleep in a teepee. Mm-hmm. We slept in a teepee. We slept. Uh, what? Well, okay, I have to digress for one moment. One of our great road trip memories: national parks, of course. Oh yeah, gentlemen, love national parks. Yes, I, I, I've written extensively actually about national parks, and they are our nation's treasure. Nobody in the world 
has a national park system like we do. I mean, well, absolutely. You could argue the Galapagos is that. It's not the not same. You can't get in the car and just yeah. drive there. It's just no, so perfect for road trips. National parks do not, are amazing. Do not drive to the Galapagos. No, um, don't. Not recommended. Yeah. Um, but we stopped at. Uh, well, we stopped at Yosemite, which was an amazing two days, yeah. if you'll remember. Um, I do. And then we went on to Sequoia, and I'll never forget. We're in we're in our cabin, our little tent that we're sleeping in, and I hear this crinkling sound, <laughs> <laughs> and it's crinkle crinkle, and the crinkle sound like gets louder and louder, and I said. Stephanie, did you throw away your bear claw wrapper into our, our trash can? And you said, oh, I think maybe you were half asleep. And so we slept with a critter that night. We don't know what kind. I think it was a raccoon. But anyone who's ever woken up in the middle of the night in a tent hearing some sort crinkle. of creature... What's yes. so terrifying is the shadows because it could be just a raccoon, but the shadow makes it look like a bear. And we were definitely in bear country. So yeah, here's were. my traveler tip for the day. If you're sleeping in a tent in a national park and they let you rent tents, which was great because it's pretty much all set up for you, but you still get to rough it a little bit. Don't put your food wrappers <laughs> in your tent. <laughs> Do not. Yeah. Do, like, do not. Someone needs to tell yeah. you that. It's it should be common well, knowledge. Like that's why they some, hang them up on trees. That's why your trash is hung up on a tree. Yeah. I learned that lesson. Feed the bears. Yeah. Well, do speaking not. of rappers, we need to segue to our next topic, which is moon pies. And, okay, I just, you have to make a moon pun or two. We're over the moon for these treats, right? Oh, these, ah. I'm, my heart is full for these moons. Ah, okay. Ah. Mooning over these. So, it is the original marshmallow sandwich, and... I'm hoping most people listening have heard of a moon pie. If you have not, just drop everything you're doing right now and go buy one. And if you're in the south, Wait, is, it's pretty much in every some convenience great store. Moon 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 pie stew. No. Somebody's fighting over. Yeah, right. Moon pie. No, I'm afraid not. Okay, but moon there was a moon pie uh, smackdown with Hostess okay. during the lunar eclipse. Over which snack was the official snack of the lunar eclipse? You've got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. And not only that, the Moon Pie tweet. And if you have not followed the Moon Pie Twitter feed, it is just ironic fun. They have the best Twitter feed. I absolutely love Moon Pie's Twitter feed. And, of course, there's lots of moon puns. But they're, they're hilarious. And so for the... Lunar eclipse in 2000, when was that? 2017, August of 2017. Moon Pie starts promoting themselves as the snack, the official snack of the lunar eclipse. Because who's going to refute them? What, like the UN or NASA is going to come in and say, no, we we have the official (laughs) snack? So, oh, half a minute till break. So, all right, hang on. When we come back from break, I will tell the story of the smackdown between Moon Pie and Hostess Cakes over the lunar eclipse.
I knew that there would be a stew. Ah, there you go. Stay tuned. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Victor Armanderas with the On Point with Victor show. Just to remind you, don't miss every Tuesday, 2 to 3, live right here on America's Web Radio. And remember, I'm not angry. I'm just right. This is Jim Davis with Operation Santa. Each year, we purchase Christmas gifts for all of the children of all Georgia servicemen and women who are deployed overseas during the holidays. Our annual fundraising event, the Freedom Fighters Open Golf Tournament, is being held on Friday, November 6th at the Bridge Mill Golf Club in Canton, Georgia. I would like to personally invite you to join us in raising money to support Georgia's troops and their families. For more information and to register a team, go to OperationSanta.org. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. Join me live every Tuesday at 1500 for the best in gun news, gun products, and gun politics. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back to talk about moon pies, hostess snacks, and a lunar eclipse smackdown. Mm. <laughs> right? Can't wait. <laughs> so, as I said before the break, Moon Pie decided that they were going to declare themselves the official snack of the lunar eclipse. And who better than a company that since a snack that since 1917 had the name Moon in its title. So, seems like they would be the heir apparent to have the to be the official lunar snack. And so they're tweeting out and putting out on social media that they are the official snack. And then one day, Hostess Snacks puts a tweet out with a photo of their cupcake, you know, the traditional classic vanilla cupcake and the chocolate frosting. And it's got that little swirly on the top. So they have a picture of that cupcake blocking the the sun. So it looks like the cupcake is the moon, right? So they, they... post that photo with the tweet hostess has declared golden cupcakes the official snack cake of the eclipse hashtag solar eclipse 2017 so moon pies having none of that and they just they tweet back just two words they so they retweet so they they quote the hostess snack tweet and they tweet lol okay that tweet to this day is the most liked consumer product tweet in the history of Twitter. Are you serious? Yes, it got over half a million likes. People went crazy and all these people got in on the debate and then Hostess even sent this tweet that was sort of a reconciliatory tweet that said, well, let's all be friends kind of thing and Moon Pie was not playing with that at all. They were like, no. Mm-mm. We are the official. Said, no, you had your chance. Yeah, no, they, they're. Please, come on. No. Moon Pie is going to be the official snack of the lunar eclipse. And then even some celebrities got in on the action. And Cheryl Crow tweeted out a photo of her getting ready for her eclipse party with her glasses on and holding her box of Moon Pies. So 
Everyone okay. got in on the action. And Sun Chips got in on the action, too. And Sun Chips. Yes, good. yeah. And they said that they support Moon Pie as the official snack of the lunar eclipse. So next time there's a lunar eclipse, which what is like in a thousand years or something, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully Moon Pie is still around and they can be, again, the official snack. Of the lunar well, they'll, eclipse. they'll still be around because they're like Twinkies. So yeah, they're right. Forever. <laughs> right, so I've got one know. here, and it says shelf life 500 years. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what I love about a moon pie is that when you bite into it, that that little crack. It's got a crunch. Crunchy crack, yeah. It, it's, I love that. That is my favorite part about the moon pie. So um, do you know what the crunchy part is? I, I hope you're going to enlighten me. Yeah, it's um, it's graham cookies. So it's like graham crackers. Oh, okay. Well, and it's covered every in kid, chocolate. What kid doesn't love graham crackers? Yeah, they were the original s'more. I was just about to say yeah, that. So I was s'more. going to say maybe they can have some kind of s'more smackdown, which I can't pronounce. S'more. 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 I make it. I make it a Yiddish. come have your s'more and it's spelled s apostrophe more some some more some more yeah it's a funky word i just like to call it a s'more a s'more be a s'more so s'more snack so would you like some s'more s'mores so if you say s'more you'll have to say s'more snack snacky snack snacky snack so back to the origin so it's really interesting how how the moon pie came to be so the Chattanooga Bakery in the early 1900s produced graham crackers and mm-hmm. vanilla wafers. So they made mm-hmm. baked goods, cookies and things. And right. they had a traveling salesman. And this was many moons ago. And his name was <laughs> Earl Mitchell. He was visiting the Appalachian region of Kentucky in 1917. And he went to this country store so they sold their their products out of country stores so he went to this country maybe he was there to buy some moonshine ah exactly i'm sure they sold some moonshine in the back of some of those stores back in the day so and probably still right i bet if we go to some of these places we can ask for moonshine and wink and Maybe we'll get some. I love. Okay, that's got to be on our. That would be fun. That on the list. Yeah, and I don't want like that moonshine that's now produced by liquor stores, and it says moonshine. It's all official. No, I want moonshine with the still in the backyard. And the, the mason jar. Yeah, mason jar and dubious and origins. Teeth floating in it. <laughs> <laughs> Health regulations yeah. be damned. So. Right. Anyway, so back to the Earl Mitchell. He goes, and so I love how so many of these stories start with rejection, right? So Wooly Willy was initially rejected. So Earl had a bad sales day, and this country store said, we're not going to sell your cookies. We're not interested in that. Nobody's going to buy those. So he's all dejected, and he's walking outside, and he sees all of these miners, because this is coal mining country. And they're off from their shift. It's at the end of the day. It's actually in, in the evening. And he looks over at them, and they're they're eating snacks. And he told them about his experience, and he said, look at what I'm selling. Would you buy any of this? And a- apparently, according to the legend, 
One of the miners said, we don't, I wish I could do a good enough accent, even though I'm from the South. We don't want none of those things you're selling there. We want, and then the miner held his hand up to the moon because it was the evening, and he said something as big as the moon. And so that's, that's how, that's how the name originated. So Earl goes back to the bakery and said, Mm -hmm. you need to give me a big as the moon treat for these miners. So the, the bakery, some of the workers on the production line, what they would make for their own snacks is they had marshmallows in the bakery that they used as an ingredient in some of their products. And so some of the line workers put marshmallows on the windowsills during their shift, and they let the marshmallows get soft. Mm-hmm. And then they would take two graham crackers and put them between them and smush them. And it was their their snack while they were working. So the bakery, their snack, their snacky snack. So the bakery picked up on that, and they said, okay, we're going to use that as our starting point. But the, these miners want a really big snack, so they made it. They made it big. And I have to say, it's big, but it's not super big. I wonder if the original moon pie was a little bigger. Uh, and so then they called it moon pie after those original many, miners. Okay, how many calories in a moon pie? Oh, gosh. Do, do we want to know? Yeah, I do. It says 5,000. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so I love that it says 100 per serving but guess how many servings per package? <laughs> I'm going to guess. I'm going to say four or five. Three. So oh, three. Okay. That's not so bad. I love Moon Pie, and I actually know some of the Moon Pie folks. I've gotten to know them now that I'm with Stuckies. I've gotten to know them at trade shows, and they're great people. But who slices a Moon Pie in three pieces? I mean, would you do it like a peace sign, you know, like little thirds? Who eats a moon pie in three pieces? If anyone listening to the show eats a moon pie in three pieces so you can have that 100-calorie snack, I want to know. Reach out. Well, you could do it. You could you could do it that way. You could do it in bites. You pass it around the car. Yeah. Just three people get one bite. Yeah, well, gosh, that's a big bite. But, but yeah, 300 calories per, per moon pie. Yeah, post-COVID. Don't do... We're dating the show now for people who might listen to it later, but... Do not do this while while we while, during a pandemic. Do not share your moon. No, pie. no sharing. Do not share. Do no not share your moon. Oh, <laughs> so I, all right. So they create the moon pie, and they take. So Earl goes back to this mining community, and the miners loved it. It would p- fill up their lunch pails, and it would fill them up, and it only cost a nickel. And sales took off like a rocket. Boom boom. So by 1929, they're making hundreds of moon pies a day. And then World War II hits, fast forward, and moon pies became a staple of care packages that people would send to soldiers fighting overseas to remind them of home. So it was a comfort snack, and it's a filling snack, hence the calories. It is a a filling snack. It's a filling snack. it's got that great crunch, and it goes down so well. With an RC cola. With a Coca-Cola. Oh, RC. Okay, RC cola. Yeah. Okay, RC so cola. I'll get to that. But real quickly, the the soldiers coming home remembered their favorite comfort food when they were fighting abroad. And so post-war economic boom, everyone's having babies and eating moon pies and getting on the road. So moon pies really 
took off during that time period. And in the 1960s and 1970s, times are changing, and they introduce a couple of new flavors, double-decker deluxe moon pie and banana and vanilla. I have a strawberry with me today in the studio, so I'm sorry you're not here. I'll have to... I'll have to send this to you, but they have several different flavors. But of course, I think most of us just love the original, the chocolate. Sure. Maybe people took them on their honeymoon. Ah. So we only have Maybe. a few minutes, but we got it. We got to talk about the RC Cola, right? Like, what's the deal with RC Cola? So, well, I can't believe I didn't get a condolence card that t- tab has been taken off the market. I know. It's. I'm heartbroken. I'm hoarding okay. tab. Hoarding yeah. it. <laughs> okay, RC. I was never an RC Cola person, so please enlighten me. Well, I, this I did not know until I was researching for today's show. It's not, it stands for Royal Crown Cola, but this is what I didn't know. It's from that. Columbus, Georgia. I, I did know that as well. I. I but it's I a Georgia brand, just like Coca Cola. Right. And it was also like Coca-Cola started by a pharmacist, and it has its origins with Coca-Cola. It has its origins in rejection and smackdown, which are themes of today's show. We didn't plan that, but they seem to weave through the stories. So Claude Hatcher is a pharmacist and a grocer, and he sold a lot of Coca-Cola. And he asked the Coca-Cola sales rep, can I have a discount? And he what was. T- year, what year was this? Give me a time frame. Oh gosh! Oh, I'm looking. I think it's 1929. Okay. And actually, I don't have the date. I'll have to. I'll have to fact check that and maybe put it in show notes or something. So he was turned down, and he vowed, "I will never buy Coca-Cola again." You know. So game on. So he spent a couple months toying with recipes, and he came up with his own soda, and it became well, so. There you go. Yep, there you go. Smackdown Coca-Cola. That's what you right. get. Another another stew. Another stew. So <laughs> it became so popular, he quit being a pharmacist and a grocer. Or do you say grocer? Gro- grocer. grocer. Gro- I think it's a grocer. Yeah, it's, it almost sounds like gross-er. Like it's really gross. Or grocer. Gro- grocer. Grocer. So I really have a minute left. Grocery but he man. Quit, yeah, he quit selling groceries and he became a full-time soda maker, and it was under the brand brand name Nehi. And he also Nehi. invented the Chiro yeah. Cola. Oh, and so he changed his formula and began pairing it with Moon Pies, and then the cultural icons were born. And Moon Pie and RC Cola from the 1950s forward has to this day been known as the working man's lunch. And let's be politically correct, working man and woman's lunch. So on that, I'm getting the wrap-up signal. This has been great fun, Holly. Thank you for joining Hasn't us. It? Yes. Yes, we have, to, we have to do this again soon. And every week. We have to hit the road. I'm let's, here every week. Let's make, <laughs> let's make some more memories and uh, tell America all about it. Awesome. Okay, with that, have a great week, and hopefully we'll see you on the road. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.